Our, our mission uh, theme verse is from 3 John, verse 8. Let me just read it to you and try to tie it into what I want to share with you this morning. It says, therefore, we ought to support people like this, knowing uh, that we may be fellow workers to the truth. And it's that phrase at the end, that we may be fellow helpers, fellow workers to the truth, that has been the theme verse of our mission. If you look at the context of that in verse 6, or verse 5, John says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for those brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to you, uh, to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing of the Gentiles. And when we think of missions, we think of that idea or that phrase for the sake of the name. At least I do. And we go to Wolei, a place that most of you probably have never heard of, will never be. Um, but we go there for really for the sake of his name. And I want to turn your attention really to Colossians chapter 3 this morning. The sake of his name, living or doing ministry and working for the sake of his name is not just a missions theme. It really is a theme for all of us in the Christian life. We sang this morning, may all my days bring glory to your name. It's a phrase in the last song we sang. And really that is the theme for every believer, for all of us, each one of us, that our days, our lives, our activities would bring glory to his name. So Colossians chapter 3 this morning, and I really want to look at I'd say briefly, but it won't be briefly, so I apologize in advance. Verse 17. Verse 17. Paul the Apostle has been writing to the Colossians, and he is bringing to a close the end of the central section of the book of Colossians. And at the end of this, he really punctuates it with this verse. He had begun with, um, he had begun in chapter 2. But here he's, he's ending this section, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. He ends this section with this verse, verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through him. Why don't we open in prayer this morning and just ask God to open this passage to us as we look at it. Father, we draw our hearts now to your word, the very word that you breathed out through your apostles and disciples. And we come and bow our hearts before the living word, Jesus Christ, and ask that this morning... You would encourage us, that you would reprove us, that you would help us to walk in your light. In Christ's precious name, amen. Paul, as I said, had opened this section in chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. If you 
Turn over there. Chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Paul says to the believers at Colossae and to you and I, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Paul opens the section, this middle section, with those two verses, 6 and 7. And there are some, very, there are some themes that are shared here. If you see here in verse 6, he says that you walk in him. Being, walking in Christ, being rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, and then abounding in thanksgiving. Go back to chapter 3. Look at verse 15. Or we'll start in verse 14. Paul says as he ends this section, he says, And above all things put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which you have been called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of God. Of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. As so walk in him sort of set the tone for everything that followed, so in our text do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, looks back and reinforces every truth that he has taught in this section and, and indeed from the beginning of the book. Every command that precedes this verse Uh, Paul tells us that we are to have compassionate hearts, that we are to be kind to one another, that our lives are to be uh, lives of humility and meekness and patience and forgiveness and forbearance and love and peace, and that our lives are to be word-saturated in verse 16. And every imperative that follows it all flow out of and can, in a sense, be summed up by the statement that is given here in verse 17, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember remember the acronym WWJD? Remember that? Many of us us would probably remember it. Uh, What what did it stand for? What would Jesus do, right? Uh, That all started uh, with a youth group from Calvary Reformed Church in Holland, Michigan. Uh, As members of Generation X, uh, they wanted to influence their community for Christ, and inspired by a book that they read called In His Steps, these youth were moved to apply the question to their daily choices. As a tangible reminder, they had simple cloth bracelets um, that were made and they used the abbreviation WWJD. The bracelets caught the attention of friends, classmates, parents, townspeople, and soon almost everyone was wearing uh, one of these bracelets. And as their popularity grew, the bracelets were mass-marketed and uh, caused the sort of revolution that it was. Not today. (laughs) But what was that? Maybe... 
15, 20 years ago? I don't know, when I was young. <laughs> WWJD was espoused and popularized as a question or a principle that ought to guide all Christian conduct. And while I think their premise uh, was somewhat, I don't know that I'd fully agree with it, I admire and I think we can admire these young people and what they were trying to accomplish as they asked uh, this question, as they desired to live uh, greater Christ-like lives. Paul gives us really such a statement here. Here is something to live our lives by. Here is a truth that can and should pilot and guide everything that we do in life. Whatever you do, in word or deed, Paul says, do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. I was trying to think of the acronym for this, if we could make an acronym, and it wouldn't be catchy, so we won't even go there. Uh, Paul, is, Paul is giving us really this kind of summary here. And as you look at this passage, we look at this passage this morning, what's the main command that Paul is issuing? We'll talk about that in just a minute, but let's, let's first of all look at the scope of the command. All right, let's look at the scope of command. Verse 17, you're looking at it. He says, whatever you do. Paul's opening, opening words in this verse are this all-inclusive phrase. It's meant to catch, I think, our attention. Whatever you do stands as the opening of the verse for emphasis. Whatever you do, how many situations fall outside of those bounds? You tell me? How many situations fall outside of whatever you do? None, right? And Paul wants us to get that. Is there ever a situation that is not covered by whatever you do? No, of course not. There is never an instance when whatever you do simply isn't applicable. We generally use this phrase kind of a negative way, right? We say, whatever you do, don't poke the bear. I'm pointing to Pastor Bill. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't poke poke the bear, right? Or, Or whatever you do, don't do this. We usually use that phrase, whatever you do, in a negative way. Paul is using it here in an all inclusive and positive way. Whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So often we segment our lives. We segment our lives into work or church or um, other things. There's church life, there's home life, there's work life, and whatever else we can insert there. But Paul says, whatever you do in any of those things, in any of those occasions, in any of those circumstances... Any time, any place, any situation, no exceptions, do what? Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he opens with this statement that is so all-inclusive and supposed to catch our attention. Look at the next one. He says, whatever you do in what? In word or deed. And really, the combination of these two words, word or deed, is meant to emphasize, again, the same thing that he's saying in the beginning. Often, the two ideas of word and deed were used to talk about a person's whole life, everything that they did in life. 
could be summarized in word or deed. For example, if you, if you go to Luke, you don't need to go there, but Luke chapter 24, verse 19, the, the disciples are walking on the Emmaus Road, and they are talking to Jesus. And, and they, they say to Jesus, uh, and he, well, Jesus said to them, and, and he said to them, what things? What things? They're talking about Jesus. He says, what things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in word and deed before God and all the people. There are many other passages that also give us this. But the idea, that idea of word and deed was meant to talk about a whole person's life and what they did. So Paul says to us, number one, whatever you do, and then word and deed. And then look at the third phrase. Do what? Everything or do all in the name of Jesus Christ. A third time. Do you think Paul wants us to get this? you think he wants us to get this? He says, do everything. Again, we have this all-inclusive idea. Whatever you do, do everything. As you would expect, they share the same root. And the word is often translated all. Do everything or or in all you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul wants us to get this. He says the same thing three times in, in 12 words for a purpose. So all of our choices, all of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our actions, without exception, Paul says, are to be guided, they are to be piloted with respect to the person of who? Jesus Christ. That's his point. Everything we do is to be guided with respect to who? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So, the scope is whatever you do in word or deed, do everything. The substance of the command is really Christ. The substance of the command is Christ. He says, whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in what? The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the exclusive name. There's an exclusivity here. We do everything. We do all we do in word or in deed. We do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other name that deserves this kind of devotion. No other name is worthy to be the filter, to be the pilot, to be the guide for every thought and action in our life. Only the Lord Jesus Christ bears that weight and that honor, right? That is what Paul is telling us. Do everything in the name, the exclusive name of the Lord Jesus. The the idea of the Lord communicates what? His sovereignty, His majesty, His rule, His mastery. He is the Lord of lords and kings of, king of kings. It recognizes his right as God. Paul has taught us this in other places. He's, he's taught us this in Colossians. Let me just read for you Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 22. This is the preeminence of Christ. Who is Christ? He is the Lord. He is the image, verse 15, of the invisible God. If you want to see God the Father, who do you look at? You look at God the Son, Jesus Christ. 
the Lord. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn, the first in priority over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for what? For him. And that's what Paul is telling us here. Whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because everything, you, were created for him. Verse 17. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach for him. He is... Lord, it is his right that everything we do, every moment of our lives, every decision we make, we should do it for him and in his name. He says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is our precious Savior, right? The Lord Jesus, he is our precious Savior. And to him, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Christ to the glory of God the Father. Let me note here that as we look at Jesus, this is not disconnected. In a very practical way, it is connected to the previous verses. What are the previous verses tell us? Well, verse 14 tells us to put on love. Verse 15 tells us to let the peace of Christ, Christ's peace, the peace that he produces, the peace that he produces because he is in control of our lives and because he owns us, let that peace rule in our hearts and let the word of Christ. He is the living word. Let the word of Christ do what? Dwell in you richly. And if we are going to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then those need to be a reality in our lives. The word needs to dwell in us richly. It needs to be a priority in our lives. The peace of Christ needs to rule our lives in relation to to how we look at this world and how we look and interact with one another within the body. This is a very body-oriented passage, very church-oriented passage. Whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's the significance of the command in the name? What does it mean? What does it look like to do everything in the name of Jesus? I think for most of us, as we look at this passage, we'd think of another passage that we can quote. 1 Corinthians 10.31, right? 
whether therefore you eat or drink, do all, right? I'm, I'm losing it. I'm do all for the glory of God. That's right. <laughs> whether therefore you eat or drink. Have you ever thought about that? How often do you eat and drink? Do you count it? Do you keep track? Some of you keep track of it. you got devices to help you keep track of it, right? <laughs> uh, but that's a common thing. Something we do every day. Usually we don't think about it. And what's Paul saying? Even in the little things, we're to do it all to the glory of God. Paul, or Peter said it this way. As each of you have received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the various grace of God. Whoever speaks as one who speaks of the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. The significance. Everything, including what we say, what we do, should be governed by the consideration of what it means to live in the realm of the risen Christ. It means we always act in concert with the nature and character of our Lord Jesus Christ. To do everything in the name of Jesus is to act consistently with who He is and what he wants. As I thought through this um, passage, I looked up a number of instances. I wanted to see where the phrase in the name uh, occurred throughout Scripture. And the phrase occurs 69 times. Uh, in the name of the Lord occurs 44 times. And as I read each one of them, um, I wanted to get the sense of what, what, this, what this meant. And I think here, here are five implications, five implications briefly of what it means to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, it means to function as his representatives. To do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ means to function as his Representatives. I think Paul clearly has this in mind. In the context we see this, he says in, in chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. If we are walking in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to be walking and functioning as His representatives. Right? Something that we know. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul says this, Therefore we are ambassadors. And I, I think in a very special way, Paul was talking about himself in his call as an apostle, but I think that can also be for each of us. We are all ambassadors. We are all called to represent who? Christ. Whether it's in Wolei, or whether it's here in Warwick, Rhode Island. It should blow our minds that we would be considered worthy to be his representatives. 
There, there, there should be a sense of trembling at the weight and the privilege and responsibility. How well do, do you do? How well do I do representing the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? So, his representatives. There's, there's another aspect, implication that I think this has. To do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is to live through his power. It's to live through his power, through his enabling. If you look at Acts chapter, go to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Now Peter and John, um, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, that's the ninth hour, and the man, a man lame from his birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering into the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter says, I have... No silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you, what? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what? Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. So this idea here of doing everything we do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ has to do with doing it in His power, doing it through His enabling. To say it by warrant of Him, Peter is saying. It shall be done by the power from him, and all the glory and praise should be ascribed to him. A third implication, I think, to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is to act with his authority and under his direction. To act with his authority and under his direction. Maybe we see this in 1 Samuel, an illustration of this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You remember the story of David and Goliath, right? Very common Familiar story. And the Philistine man, Goliath, came out mocking the children of Israel. And this is what happened in verse 42. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philippine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine, did I say Philippine? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Philistine. <laughs> Filipinos are small people. <laughs> Verse 44. Sorry. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And then David said to him, to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and with spear and with a javelin, but I come to you. Listen to this. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
to, to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is to do life with his authority and under his direction. David wasn't going it alone, right? He was operating under the direction of God. Already David had been told he would be king. Already he had been selected. David was trusting God and operating under his authority. Fourthly, fourthly, to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be subject to him as his servants. Listen to Ezra chapter 5, verse 1. Now the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the sons of Edu, prophesied to the Jews who were at Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the Lord God of Israel, who was over them. They prophesied in the name of the Lord God of Israel, who was over them. To do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be subject to him. It's to put ourselves under his rule. It's to put ourselves under his authority in everything that we do. And this is really Paul, one of Paul's trademarks. Paul, a servant, he says, or a slave, a doulos of Christ Jesus. A slave doesn't serve himself. He doesn't serve his own wants and needs. His position is to serve his master. Listen to Luke chapter 17. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and recline at the table? Will he not rather say, perhaps, or prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what he commanded? So you also, Jesus says, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. As Christ's servants, what is our duty? Our duty is to do everything in his name, for his purpose, for his glory. Like I said, too often we segment our lives. We say, I'll give God this time, and then this is my time, right? Sunday morning between 10 and 11.30, that's, okay, that's God's time. The rest of the week is my time. Don't we do that in our heads? But to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be subject to him. Finally, it is to do, to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is to live for his cause. Paul said at this way in Romans chapter 1 verse 4, though through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about to the obedience of the faith for the sake of his name among all nations. It is to live for his cause. And what is his cause? Christ has committed himself. He has committed himself to a cause. That is to bring from every tribe, tongue, and nation a people for what? For his own namesake, for his own glory. And we are part of that. And he desires us 
to live for his cause. It's to bless. I said, finally. This is finally. It's to bless what he blesses. It's to bless what he blesses. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. I'll just read it to you. You know it. The apostle says, for the love of Christ does what? The love of Christ constrains or it controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, that's you and me, therefore all have died. We've died to what? We've died to sin. We've died to our eternal damnation. That's, we're freed from that. And he died for all, that those who now live might no longer live for themselves, but for them who for their sake died and was raised. The apostle tells us that whatever we do, in word or deed, we're to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we implement that? I think here's part of the implementation that Paul gives us in the end of this verse. Giving thanks, giving, or giving thanks to God the Father through him. Part of living in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is being a thankful people. Thankful for what he has done for us. Thankful for what he has waiting for us. Thankful in our service. As we close this morning, is there one thing in your life that you know doesn't line up with the name of Jesus Christ? Maybe there are many that you can think of, but will you confess? Will you confess those things that God reveals to your heart this morning that don't line up with his name? And with his glory. Will you by God's grace determine to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? May God receive, may Jesus Christ receive the glory that he so deserves. Let's close in prayer. Father, a very straightforward passage this morning. A passage that probably many of us could quote and certainly have heard many times, but a passage with great implications and application to our life. Lord, I want to do everything in your precious name. And I trust it's the desire of each one here. Lord, even now reveal to us where we have strayed, Reveal to us the things in our lives that have become priorities over you. May we turn to you in humble obedience so that your name may be lifted up in our lives. In Christ's name.